Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Welcome in. This is episode 10 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler Rumchuk, Cameron Lewis. I, Coomzy, I could get used to doing these podcasts when the Blue Jays win baseball games. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like I, I'm kind of at a point now where if they don't win a game, I have no interest in recording a podcast. If they yeah. win, then I'm, I'm happy to come on here and chat with you about the Blue Jays winning. But after and a loss, low energy, depressing, not interested. And so this will be, be a good one. This will be a good one. This will be fun. It's at the point where the Blue Jays winning or losing is directly affecting our relationship as well on a much more personal <laughs> level. So uh, yeah. as long as they stay above 500, I think we're going to get along just fine this season. But if things get ugly, yeah. then uh, get ready for some awkward podcasts. Yeah, if, 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 if they're losing games and I have to be on here talking about them losing games, I'm going to be a crabby <laughs> individual and you're not going to like it at all. Because I'm usually a pretty upbeat, fun guy to be around. You don't want to see me when the Blue Jays are bad. Because I'm an unpleasant person when that's the situation. Yeah. Uh, well, lucky for us, uh, the Jays are coming off a pair of wins. Uh, now you look back, they got the sweep over Atlanta. They managed to salvage the split against uh, against Oakland. I almost called them Houston because I'm staring at the upcoming games here. But they managed to salvage the split against Oakland. Uh, all in all, I, I think that's kind of where the bar was set, right? You go to Oakland, you get yeah. the split, and, and you're generally pretty happy. Granted, the first two games were a little ugly and the turning miserable point, games, the turning miserable. point of that series did not come until the eighth inning of game number three, but all in all, I think you're still pretty happy with how the Jays maybe rolled through a little adversity and found a way to come through. Yeah, that was a, that was a nice series for them. That's pretty much what we said was the realistic positive expectation for the series in Oakland was going two and two. I mean, the A's are one of the better teams in the American league. They've been very good. They had that huge winning streak this year. You know, they're off to a good start. They're not an easy team to beat at home, especially when you're a team coming from the East. Like, you know, obviously the three hour time difference is yeah. it's a slog. The Oakland Coliseum, difficult one to play. And the, the A's are, are built to play there, obviously. So it's not an easy place to come into. And then, you know, as you said, the Jays put together some miserable, ugly performances. The bats were non-existent in the first two games. Then they finally broke out. Bats exploded in game three and four, and that was great. And now they have some momentum jumping into Houston. I'm, I'm really happy with two and two. No problem there. Like I, I was expecting probably one and three after the first two games. I was, yeah, no I was nervous about a sweep to be totally honest with you, but two and two. Fantastic. Great. Get yeah. Out it's one of the- get out of there. Good. Happy what- to be done with it. 
onto Houston a little. And I think the split as well feels a little bit better. Like there is almost a ripple effect of sweeping a team like the Atlanta Braves, where if you go and just play average baseball for sort of the next seven to 10 days, you're still feeling good about the team. Cause like that sweep of Atlanta still, even though we're a few days removed from it now, it leaves like a good taste in my mouth almost. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was kind of looking at this whole stretch here and the, yeah, the, the sweep of Atlanta gives them a little bit of room for error in the upcoming stretch. It was 10 yeah. road games, four in Oakland, three in Houston, and finish off three against Atlanta in Atlanta. And that, that 10 game stretch, I think given the quality of opponents you're facing, you're fine with five and five. And that's pretty much what we're on pace for right now. You're fine with that. hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Let, let's dig right into three up three down. Now it's brought to you by twigginberries.ca. When you're sitting your feet kicked back and enjoying a summer day, Twig and Berries is the clothing you want to be in. It's everyday clothing for the everyday caveman. And the promo code is nation 15 twigginberries.ca. Whether you are in Vancouver or you are in Toronto or you are out in Nova Scotia, it is free shipping on orders over $75 in Canada. They are truly Canadian and they are truly incredible. I'm rocking my nutsack underwear, which is their very own brand, by the way. I'm rocking it today. It is fantastic. Follow my lead. Get some for yourself or the special person in your life. And use that promo code Nation15. Uh, let's start with the down. Let's just usually we like to keep it upbeat and positive, but let's get the down right out of the way. And the first one you got written down here, Coomzy, Jays can't hit random soft tossing lefties. Explain. Uh, so my my full quote that I have here, I've written down on notes is Jays can't hit some random soft tossing lefty. It reminded me of Ryan Merritt in 2016 and pissed me off all over again. Mm-hmm. So watching that game, the um the Tuesday game was literally a flashback to game five of the ALCS in 2016. Like this guy was pitching and you know, the Jays are loaded with all these powerful, good righty bats and they cannot hit this guy just throwing junk. And it is so frustrating. And this is, this has been a thing that's plagued the blue Jays, no matter who the players are, whether it's, you know, Jose Bautista, Edwin Encarnacion, Josh Donaldson, Vlad jr. Bo, who cares? They cannot hit soft tossing junk ball lefties. And I don't understand why it's weird. And it's frustrating. And I, and I hate watching it, especially, you know, I'm up until fucking midnight watching them <laughs> get mowed down by this yeah. random junk ball or this random junk baller that we used to see. Cause he was in the Phillies system pitch all the time in spring training. He was very good. And it's like, what, what, what's going on here? It's frustrating. This is a bit of an aside, but I wonder how much of that is mental too. Like when you're sitting in the on deck circle and you're a guy like Vlad or Bo or back when it was Jose and Edwin and you're looking at some guy and he's tossing his fucking warm up pitches before the inning. And you're like, I'm going to fucking crush this dude. And then you get down like, Oh one or the counts like one, two. And do you start like beating yourself up almost at the moment? But anyways, that's a conversation for another day. Um, Frustrating to say the least, but at least it wasn't a situation where they dealt with it and got swept or anything like that. Uh, Our second down here in three up three down. And this is one I'm kind of a little bit ticked off about. Um, It's written down as the injury shit and the confusion around Springer. And I understand if you're going into a playoff series or you're heading down the stretch and you want to be vague about injuries and, and all of that stuff. But at right at this moment right now, and, and maybe I'm totally off base with this take, but you sit there, Charlie Montoyo comes out and says, Springer's not going on the IL. Just like we heard from a bunch of people, you know, Ryu's not going on the IL. And we've yeah. been hearing this stuff where they're downplaying injuries and the injuries are now, it's not like once or twice where they were wrong. It seems like consistently, it's all of them. It's all of them. They're, they're coming on saying, there's, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. 
then it turns into a big deal. And I'm at the point where if you want to bend the truth once in a while to protect a star player, I'm okay with that. But as soon as you start doing it every time, especially on May fucking whatever day it is where you're doing this, it feels like just almost an unnecessary reason to piss off your fan base. Like is Oakland sitting there before this series being like, our game plan is massively changing if George Springer plays game three and four. No, because it's May, man. And I just feel like you're sitting here as a fan and it feels like a repeated fucking slap in the face of the organization not giving you what, and maybe I'm totally off base again, but like it feels like what you deserve as a fan is like a little bit at times, transparency from the organization you cheer for. And right now it's like, it's just, it's disheartening to have to constantly get your hopes up because it's like, oh no, the spring of things fine. They're giving him a couple of days off. Then it's like, oh no, it is the IL. And the Ryu thing, he's day to day. Oh no, it is IL. And Merriweather now, is he on the 60 day? He's on the 60 point? now, yeah. Kirk, it, another one. Uh, he's yeah. going to be out for quite some time. It was the same thing in spring training. Nate Pearson's not going to be out for that long. Springer was maybe going to be back for opening day. Thomas Hatch, like when was the last time we got an update on that guy? (laughs) So like, I I understand if it sounds like I'm whining or whatever, because I'm not getting information, but like, I don't think my frustration is that off base in the sense that like, I would like a little bit of transparency and a little bit of truth at the beginning of the season in May from the organization I'm investing my time in and rooting for. Like, that's just, it's annoying to me. No, I I agree. You're not wrong. And and, yeah, I I saw someone talking about this on Twitter and I can't remember who it was. I was going to include it in the notes, but um, someone said like, you know, it might not seem like that big of a deal isolated uh, what they're doing here with, with, with kind of the disingenuous reports on injuries, but what it kind of does is it leads, it creates kind of this gap of doubt between the organization and the fan that it, 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 it doesn't need to be there. And then it kind it's of, unnecessary. And, yeah. And then it kind of, it transfers its way into everything else. So now, okay. So if they're saying George Springer was lifted from Sunday's game because of fatigue, we all know that wasn't true. He, he re-aggravated an injury. We saw him limping and hobbling. We know he pulled from the game because, um, because he was hurt. Just say that because now it's kind of like, okay, if the Blue Jays say they're doing something, how do we know if that's accurate? So in the off season, they're like, okay, like we're pursuing a big free agent again. And then, it, and you know, like, is that real? Okay, we're, we're, we're going to renovate the stadium and put some new things in here. Okay, well, is that actually accurate? Like, I know that's a pretty big leap to make, but what it does is it, 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 it something like this that doesn't really fulfill any function just creates this arbitrary doubt between the organization and the fan. And I don't understand why they feel compelled to do it. It, there's, it, it, there's, there's nothing to be gained by trying to convince the fans who all watched George Springer re-aggravate yeah. his injury that he's not injured. He's injured. It's and clear. Maybe you could, you know, maybe you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, well, no, maybe they found some new information and like they actually changed their mind, but you get that benefit of the doubt once or twice you don't get it four or five times in a month. And that's the problem here. And whatever, we shouldn't bitch because they won two games, but this is something where, like you said, the problem is you develop a past. And if your past is that you're disingenuous and you lie to your fan base, that's a pretty hard past to just shake off at some point. Right? Yeah. It's a, no, this is going to be a thing now for pretty much. I'd I'd say this is going to kind of linger around for the full year. Like when someone comes out of a game or someone's hurt, then, I don't know if who do you believe I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to trust the original report. So if they say 
oh, so-and-so, let's say Vladdy comes out of a game randomly because he got hit in the hand with a ball or something. And they're like, oh, he's day-to-day. Well, my brain's now going to tell me Vlad's probably going to miss a month. Yeah, like is he day-to-day or are all four of his knuckles fractured at once and is he having emergency surgery? Who's to, who's to tell? And also, I'm sorry for putting that hypothetical situation <laughs> to the universe. I, I, I immediately regret saying that out loud. Knock so on wood or whatever you need I'm to knock, do. I'm knocking on wood really hard right now. <laughs> we should be happy because they won twice, but I know this is a podcast. People can't see it, but the two veins in my forehead that bulge yeah. when I'm frustrated are like- I haven't seen oh. you this worked up about something in quite some time. You're very <laughs> aggravated by this. Like why? Like I shouldn't be this mad know. about something, but I am. Anyways, uh, the third down- That's why. <laughs> The third down and three up, three down. Are you worried about Steven Matz? And we sat here after the game against Washington where he got touched up a little bit and it was, you know, some unlucky hits. The the game against Oakland didn't feel like as much of just shrug and go, eh, unlucky hits. It looks like they got to him a little bit. Are you worried about Matz or is this just a little bit of, like I look at it and go, this might be a bit of just regression to the mean. Like he was so lights out at first and now he's having a couple of rough starts and what he'll probably be is a middle of the rotation guy, which is, again, if you would have told me that a month and a half ago, I would have been like, all right, that's cool with me. Steven Matz is a middle of the rotation guy. This is regression to the mean for me. Is it that for you or is this concerning? Uh, no, I'm not really that concerned, to be honest with you. I mean, the Washington start, I really didn't think he was bad at all. I thought it was just yeah. purely a bad luck game. It was a bunch of soft contact. It was weird. Things just kind of escaped from him there, you know. But yeah, the game against Oakland was his first game in the season where he he got touched. He got, he got hit. Like, you know, he still put up six strikeouts, which is good, but he did allow, you know, two dingers, but we have to look back and remember we had uh, BK on the podcast uh, last time. And he said, it's a little bit tough. The Jays going into this series, throwing these four lefties out because mm-hmm. the athletics hit lefties really hard. So we have to take that into consideration. Oakland is a very strong righty lineup and they, they crush lefty pitching. So if Matt's was going to get drilled by a team, Oakland was a team that he was going to get drilled by. So it's not the end of the world. Now, if he comes out in his next start against a team that doesn't have those splits, I think his next start will be Atlanta. Then yeah, maybe three, three difficult starts in a row. Then we start to worry, but even then, like, come on, let's be real here. Like Matt's was not going to be a sub two ERA starter for the whole season. If the blue Jays get consistent, solid number four production from Matt's. Sure. That's great. That's a win. Not a problem. We will uh, cross that bridge when we come to it. But for now, I think we're both in agreement that Stephen Matz is far from a problem and concerned, not quite. Uh, let's get into the ups for three up, three down, because this is the fun stuff. And let's start off with the hometown boy, Marcus Semien, who returned to Oakland and returned with a bit of a bang. I mean, early on, okay, maybe I shouldn't say he returned with a bang. Early on, he, he was, left with a bang. That's what he did. He was good. But yeah, he left with, he a, left bang. with a bang. Um, and, and that was impressive in the finale, him going four for six. When he was batting leadoff, it was a lot of, ooh, is this guy really as good as we thought he was? And then they moved him back into a more comfortable role in the middle of the rotation, and he's starting to come around a little bit. And I was still probably a little bit too excited about the Semyon signing when we when we talked before the season started, but still, I, I think he's starting to come into his own, and, and maybe this series in Oakland was this something that allowed him to feel a little bit more comfortable. And it... Either way, it's a good sign. It's a good sign to see Marcus Simeon hit the ball the way he did against Oakland. Yeah. So after the, so we went uh, four for six in the, the finale. That was a huge, huge performance. And that was great. You know, it was a, it was a cool storyline to see the athletics gave him a really nice tribute, very touching thing to watch. His family was there. It was a, it was a, it was a whole thing. It was nice. 
So he went seven for 17 in the series all told. Now his OPS for the season is up to 783. I think, yeah, the thing with Simeon is last year he was quite bad in the shortened season. That's, you know, whatever. And then the year before that, he was third in MVP voting. He was amazing. But I think what the expectation for him should be this year is to put up that career average of like a 750 OPS. And he's at a 780 right now. If he produces, if, if his whole season looks like what his month of April looked like, I think we're very happy with that. He's, he's not the driving force behind the blue Jays offense, but he's an above average player that makes them better. And that's, that's good. That's a win. And that's what you want out of a player. You sign them free agency for one year. For one year, who brings you positional versatility as well right. on top of that? Like, heaven forbid you, for some reason, throughout Vlad getting hurt into the universe. Like, like it, heaven forbid if Bo were to ever go down. Like, you do have Semien who can slide over. Like, you're right. If he gives you that sort of 750 OPS offense and you know he can be counted on in the field as well. Like, it, it is a really good signing. Our mm-hmm. second up is Randall Grichuk, who continues to just kill it. That guy... Um, I think it, oh, I want to give I want to give credit to the right guy who sent out the tweet with Grichuk's face photoshopped on. Uh, oh, on it was Mar- a rally cap. Rally cap, yeah, yeah, it was rally, rally cap. cap. Yeah, it was with, Andy, yeah. With Grichuk's face photoshopped on Michael Jordan yeah. taking yeah. the Springer signing personally, and he's just he's not turning back now. If you look in the majors in just outfielders, Grichuk is 11th in OPS. He's tied for ninth in home runs. He's tied for fifth in straight up hits. It's a hell of a season and he's not slowing down right now. Art, he's a huge positive, even if you were to cool off, because the start of the season, he's helped win them some ball games early. Yeah. Are you, we, is this a Grechuk hot streak or you think you can keep going? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like we've, we've, this is the thing with Grechuk is yeah. we've seen him throughout his years with the Blue Jays get very hot and then get very cold. And I think, the reality is, is that yes, Grichuk is going to go on a cold streak at some point. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to keep up this all-star level production for the entire season. But the reality is, is, you know, this off season, everybody was trading him. Everybody was trying to get rid of him. Not even as like, uh, okay, we're moving this guy as an asset for another good player. No, it was, get this guy the fuck off my roster and free up the, <laughs> you know, 12 million bucks or whatever it is that he's paid. And now it's like, you know, with Springer dealing with his injuries, like this guy's been a godsend. He's been consistently unbelievably good in center field and he hits and it's like you know if they didn't have him right now then jonathan davis would be playing every day in center field and i'm very confident in saying that jonathan davis would not be putting up the same offensive production that grichuk has so it's a good thing that grichuk's still around he's a great insurance net and even when the outfield is fully healthy i'm happy watching grichuk play in the outfield every day because he routinely plays well and that's that's important so yeah i think we we should put more respect on this guy's name because he's been a pretty good player but he doesn't seem to get a hell of a lot of respect from the fans despite that. And I think part of it too, is that, you know, maybe some people are going, ah, we we've seen this song and dance before, right? We've seen him get hot. But the nice part with this year's blue Jays team is when he cools off, you should hypothetically have Tay Oscar and Springer and Gurriel and they can play and you'll have yeah. other guys who can DH and like, the depth of this team makes it so, and I think we touched on this a little bit over the last couple episodes, the depth on this team makes it so that, you know, if you have some streaky hitters in your lineup, which they do, when one guy gets cold, you just slot in another one and hope it's almost like gears working together, where if one's rolling, you can propel the other one and the whole system just kind of keeps going. That might be a weird analogy, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Fair enough. Like that, that's what we want to see, right? You want to see every single guy on the team healthy and rolling at the same time. That's the dream. 
I mean, that's the August 2015 Blue Jays right there. And I'd yeah. love to see that again. Because if, if this team ever does get healthy, which is it, it's yeah. an F, might never happen. Like I was, uh, the road guy said, we might never see Springer and Ryu on the team at the same time. <laughs> For fuck's sakes, we haven't yet. So, I mean, one day maybe the Blue Jays will be fully healthy and it'd be cool as fuck if they're all rolling at the same time. Maybe it'll happen. That'd be I, saw, I saw Jonah Bierenbaum, who's a great follow on uh, Twitter, and he sent out a poll about how many games will Springer play this year. And I think the majority had him at like 89 to 99. And at first I was like, yeah, I believe that right now. And then I was like, God, that's depressing that I've already like resided to the fact this guy's going to miss 60 games this season. I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing four. What? I'm guessing he plays four games. Four games? He's done already? He's up for the rest of the year. Fuck me. <laughs> Gotta knock on wood again, Jesus. I'm putting a yeah. lot of ugly... I'm putting a lot Calm of down, Goobsy. ...the universe in this podcast right now. I don't know why. I'm in a good mood about the Jays right now, but I'm just saying some of the messed up stuff. We we said we were going to be positive on this week's episode, or on we today's episode. It. It's hard. Uh, okay, let's keep it rolling then with the ups. Our third up, Robbie Ray. His numbers are sexy. He's looking sexy. He's grunting sexy. This man is bringing it all for the Blue Jays right now. That was well executed. Did you think of that before? Or did you just improvise that? I improvised that. Um, also, good. I wanted to give a shout out to the guy who gave us a review on Twitter and said we're incredibly Canadian for a Blue Jays podcast. Yeah. I want to let that guy know I'm drinking a brew house Pilsner while we record this podcast. Yeah, we have Saskatchewan um, brewed. We have exaggerated Canadian accents, apparently. I don't really hear it with you. I know I do. Um, that's what I was told when I lived in Ireland for a year. People, people said they're like, you sound exactly like what I think a Canadian should sound like. Like Bob and like, Doug McKenzie, like you sound. Like I don't. I don't think I sound like that. I think I have like a fairly like. I don't know. Like, you can never tell it on yourself, though, right? Yeah, that's true. I re-listen to myself talking sometimes, and I'm like, oh god, that's what I sound like. I don't like it at all. I always think I sound. Guy. You hear yourself talking all the time. Do you like it or no? I, it doesn't rattle me anymore. Sometimes I'll hear yeah. myself and I'm like, God, I sounded whiny in that, and I just think that's because yeah. I'm generally a whiny person. Uh, but most of the time, I like I don't care anymore when I when I hear my own voice. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Robbie Ray, guy's good. He's now gone three appearances without surrendering a walk, and for Robbie Ray, avoiding walks seems to be the big thing. He's been unreal at it lately, though, and I think in that time. He has something like 23 strikeouts since he's allowed a walk or something like that. Like, it's just, it's nuts. The numbers he's putting up right now. Yeah. 23 yeah. strikeouts in that span, no walks for a third straight outing. Yeah. So Robbie right now for the season this year, he's mind you, it's a pretty small sample size, five games, Yeah, but he's only walking 2.8 guys per nine in it. Um, that's by a wide margin, the best figure of his career, even in his 2017 season with the Diamondbacks, when he got Cy Young votes and made the all-star game, he was walking 3.9 guys per nine. So even back when he was really good, he was still walking guys. And now he's not walking anybody. And he's just pounding the zone with this like 97 mile an hour lefty fastball. And it's damn, he looks really good. And I actually gets me wondering, I mean, if he keeps this up, is he, is he the blue Jays best starter? Is that, a, uh, is that is that is that a stretch? It's, yeah, probably. It's like right now, if we had a playoff game tomorrow, if the wild card game was tomorrow, and this was all the sample size we had, who would you start? Of course, I'm going to start Ryu. Well, then there you go. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just, that's, that's the answer to the question. I don't. Know but it's fun I'm... to get caught up in the Robbie Ray hype a yeah. little bit. It's just because he is the tight pants. He looks good. I just like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the guy's whole vibe. So. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just I'm just enjoying being on the Robbie Ripe uh, Robbie Ripe fuck Robbie Ray uh, hype train. 
Can you tell we're recording this like after midnight Eastern? Hey, <laughs> Coomzy's stumbling all over the place. I, mean, it was, I don't know. It was <laughs> All right, that was that was three up, three down. Brought to you by TwigandBerries.ca. Use that promo code Nation15. Support the pod, support Twig and Berries, support local as well. They're a good Canadian company. Uh, before we get into the series against the Astros, a couple of worth mentioning topics. It was nice to see Ryu back on the bump. He racks up six Ks as well. Um, if you're a betting man, his over-under was five and a half in that game, so you're probably pretty happy with the Ryu performance. But what did you think of Hunjin in his return? It was fine. I mean, as we mentioned again already, um, the A's hit the lefties hard and he was the, you know, 17th left-handed pitcher. The Blue Jays threw at them this series in the final game. So of course, like they've already seen a bunch of lefty pitching, so they're going to hit lefty pitching. And I mean, I thought he pitched just fine. Like came off coming off an injury, like sure. He looked, didn't look like he was laboring at all. Looked calm and smooth. He was doing his thing. That's really all you want to see. Yeah. And that, and that's fair enough. And hopefully, you know, the injuries are behind him now. They should be like, especially with a pitcher anytime it's, you know, below or not involving the arms, you're generally pretty happy when they're back making a start and they look somewhat comfortable because it shouldn't be something that really lingers. So hopefully this is a sign, right? You can keep powering on. Uh, we're going to talk trades in just a second. Uh, but the one name that is out there, Albert Pujols. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I said on Twitter on the Blue Jays account or the Blue Jays nation account, they should sign him and convert him to a pitcher. And let Pete what? Walker work his magic. Look how many uh, careers Pete Walker has resurrected in the past, what, like 12 months? Max, yeah, I'm going to go Ray, ahead and say they shouldn't do that. Relievers. Why don't you think Albert Pools could become a good seventh inning reliever for the Jays? They only have like two guys left in the pen. Who's still healthy now? Like fucking Dolis and Ty Tyson, that's it? <laughs> Who's still pitching on this team? I don't know. <laughs> I have a funny feeling he ends up back in St. Louis for a reduction run. But like they have gold, they have Goldschmidt and who else? Like who else is their first base depth? Well, I don't know. Like, but the thing is, is that I, I saw a post somewhere. Um, I can't remember who it was. This is too many posts, but um, apparently he still wants to be an everyday player. Uh, so I could well. see the one, the one that I saw was, so Tony LaRussa is managing the White Sox for some reason. Still, he managed Pujols back with Cardinals forever that could be the spot and they could, maybe they could just DH him or something with that. Abreu at first. Maybe, you know, maybe it would fit in there with the White Sox, right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. And they're, they're dealing with some injuries right now too, right? I know uh-huh. it's Robert and Jimenez are outfielders, but would still. Would you that, sign him for the Jays? I wouldn't sign him on the Jays. No. no. The part of it that's tempting if they were staying in Dunedin all year, I'm like, that's such a small park that like oh, maybe, so funny. but I think you're probably as stupid as this Imagine- sounds. Just give Rowdy Telez the at-bats if you can find them. Like, you don't need to give them to, like, Albert Pujols. Imagine telling somebody in 2011, I think that's when he signed the contract, Mm -hmm. um, in 2011, when Albert Pujols signed that mammoth deal, that he would ride off into the sunset at the end of his Major League Baseball career as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays playing in Buffalo. Yeah. See, and the playing in Buffalo part is what would have gotten me. Because, like, we joked about Vlad Guerrero Sr., on the last pot and all that, like, you know, old baseball players writing out their contracts with the Jays isn't like the most absurd thing, but then you add in the Buffalo part and it's a, uh, yeah, it's a little so bit one last, to believe. One last question about the pools thing before, yeah. before we move on to the next thing. Do you, do you, do you care that the angels did that? Do you find that to be an outrage? Do you care? I have a feeling that they probably went to him with something along the lines of, listen, we're, we're probably not going to keep you around. Do you want to retire right now? 
Do you want to be like, have your role change or anything like that? And I mean, you, you just said it, he apparently still wants to be an everyday guy. So maybe it was a mutual thing where the angels were like, we don't have a lot of at bats for you. Do you want to retire? What's the deal here? And he kind of said, you know what? Give me a shot to play somewhere else. I'll go somewhere. Yeah. And, and maybe I, I like to at least imagine a scenario where there was mutual respect and it wasn't like the angels being like, you get the fuck out of here, Albert, you're a bum. You can't play anymore. And he's mad at them and all that. I like to imagine this was a decision made by both parties. Yeah, I would hope so. And I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to like have a take on this situation until I actually hear the full story yeah. about like what, what pools role was in this. But like you said, if, if he wanted to keep playing for the angels and they just cut him like randomly a month into his last season and he never plays a game in the big leagues again. And he didn't have a chance to go out with, you know, a big, he didn't get to have, you know, is his, his farewell tour, right? Like I know it's not a real farewell tour this year because there aren't that many fans, yeah. but you know, how Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera, they got their fucking farewell tours. Like cool. And, and they go to San Diego and get the uh, surfboard and they go to Texas and get the boots. Oh God, right. And crazy. they come to Canada, get a Canada goose jacket. Hated it. But yeah, I mean, Pools is a good player. He deserves that kind of thing. So if he yeah. never plays a game in the big leagues again, he'll play. That's, a, that's an ugly look for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Speaking of transactions, I saw Paul wrote a bit of an article today up at Blue Jays Nation about, or I guess it'll be yesterday now at this point, about some potential moves. I saw Ben Nicholson Smith sent out a string of tweets as well. He said, uh, internally, they're already looking for answers at third base with no one player appearing three, appearing three times in a row at third base since mid-April. In the coming months, will be worth scouting lefty hitting third baseman such as Colin Moran and Kyle Seager. I think the lefty hitting part is just yeah. as important as the third base part as well. That kind of lineup flexibility, I think is important. Ben Nicholson Smith went on to add that uh, rotation and bullpen needs. Jays could use either. That means they can stay flexible. They've liked Kyle Gibson in the past and he's pitching great. Any number of arms would help early still, but not too early to think about for me. I understand wanting a third baseman, but I also still look at, you know, when this team is 100% healthy, if that ever happens, granted, I know that's not a given, <laughs> but we were, we were a fan base sitting here before the season going, how are you going to find all these guys at bats? And unless someone is on the 60 day DL, I have a hard time being like, no, go spend the prospects for an impact bat. That's what this team needs. I would rather, I know the bullpen has been fine so far, go get a hard throwing righty and go get a bullpen arm. You know, like your Jason Grilly type or whatever for this year's run. Veteran uh -huh. reliever, good right-handed starter. That's one and two ahead of third baseman. Do you disagree? Yeah, no, I don't agree. I think the the hard-throwing ready, two of them, are playing for the Thunder Bisons right now. Okay. And could be up pretty soon. So I'm not sure you need to go out and pay the massive acquisition price to acquire a starter. I do agree with you about the bullpen though, 110%, because like I said a minute ago, there's who, 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 who is left in the bullpen right now? And they're, they're dropping like flies. So, okay, but the hard throwing righties might be in the minors, but are they impact major league guys this year? Or are you okay with that? Manoa. Yeah, 100%. They both are. Yes. They are? Okay. No doubt in my mind. After watching, we're going to get to this on our next point, but after. <laughs> watching Manoa's first start in AAA, holy shit. Like yeah. you could, you could call him up tomorrow and I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. I'm all in. Like, but you're also <laughs> call him up guy. <laughs> I'm a big call him up guy. Like if they called up uh Jordan Groshans right now, I'd be excited to call up Austin Martin. 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 Martin.
or all this Martinez right now, I'd be into it. Like, I don't care. Like call them all up. Fuck it. But um, no, um, I, I, I do think the the third base thing is a big thing because their third infield defense is, is not that good. They um, it just isn't like the entire, that side of the infield, the left side of the infield is a weakness. And I mean, I think we've come to the conclusion here that Bo is going to stick it short is necessary. But the the solution at third is what? Like, is is Semyon going there? Is it Espinal playing every day? Are they going to throw Vlad back at third? I don't know. I just remember back in 2015, like, nobody said that acquiring Troy Tulowitzki was a need at all. It was fix the pitching, this and that. And they got too low. It was a game changer for the team's infield defense. All the pitchers suddenly got better. I just think maybe shoring up your infield, adding that lefty bat. I do think the guy is Kyle Seager. It makes a ton of sense what do you think he costs or what are you comfortable giving up for him i don't think he costs that much like i mean what did the jays have to give up to get taiwan walker last year from seattle like it seems like the mariners are just yeah. giving up guys for the fuck of it like i mean i wouldn't be trading away groshans or martin or manoa pearson woods richardson any of those names at all but you know a collection of lower names sure no problem yeah. but that's what I mean. The other thing is if the Jays are going to go out and get a starting pitcher, then you know the prices. You know what you know what teams are going to be asking for. Teams are going to be asking for Groshans and Martin if you're if you're getting a good starting pitcher midway through the season. And that's kind of my worry is I I don't know if the Jays are in the spot right now to be giving up guys like that to get a pitcher, especially when you have pitchers in AAA who can come up and be good now. Let's you know? get into that minor league season. Um, Alec Manoa was just. Like is jaw dropping being too Insane. much? No, that's not. You're. I. I agree with you. Maybe. Maybe you've changed my mind a bit. But like, maybe before you even look at the starting pitcher market, you need to make sure that one of these kids isn't just electric. Mm-hmm. You gotta. Yeah. I'd, I'd say honestly, like for me, I'm kind of hoping that by mid June, the starting rotation is Ryu, Pearson, Ray, Manoa, Matt. That's 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 that 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 that's a hope. I would love to see that. And I, again, I'm a call it up, I'm a call them up guy. So like that, that's me, but I, I just think I would love to see it. And I think they should give these guys a go because then if you put, you know, them in the, um, in the starting rotation, then you can shove back some guys like maybe Ross Stripling becomes a good reliever. He pitches two innings, pitches the six and the seven. Maybe he's good in that role. He was good in that role for the Dodgers once upon a time. Um, yeah. Anthony K uh, could be like another Ryan Baraki, like another lefty that goes into the bullpen and he's striking guys out. Maybe he's really effective there. Who knows? We have to see. And I mean, I think that before the Jays are throwing prospects away to acquire a bunch of arms, just use the arms you have, the young guys, give them a chance. Because yeah, that, 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 that Manoa starting uh, Buffalo or Trenton, I guess it was really got me fired up about him just like already being ready to rock and roll. Cause that was insane. Yeah. 12 strikeouts, two hits, no runs, like dominant. <laughs> Nate Pearson also goes three and two thirds, strikes out eight, allows four hits and a walk. So Pearson looked pretty good as well. I'm um, mm-hmm. going up against some Red Sox prospects there. So both those guys, I mean, yeah, if both of them come up and give you above replacement level shit, then maybe you can push your chips in a bit on a third baseman and see and see what the rest of this team has. It'll be interesting. Uh, Woods Richardson, four innings, one earned, four hits, one walk, eight Ks as well. Probably not going to factor into things this season, but that's a guy who, yeah, I mean, you're going to want to keep a close eye on for the rest of this season here, see what he can do. Rowdy Telez goes two for three with a homer and two walks. Uh, Rowdy Telez, maybe he's someone who just needs the confidence back. Like, 
are you watching this closely and going, ah, bring him back up right away? Maybe he gives you a spark or are you like, ah, keep him there for a bit? Yeah, maybe give him like a week or so down there to figure it out. But that being said, now that Springer's uh, injured again, it would be nice to get Rowdy's power bat in the mix. Um, yeah. I think the encouraging thing from that uh, game with AAA was the two walks because that's what it comes down to for Rowdy is the eye, right? That's what made him good last year when he broke out is he was actually taking walks. He wasn't just swinging at everything. So that's what you want to see him get that back. So yeah, give him a few games to AAA and then bring him back up and see what happens. I, I, I'm fairly confident he'll rebound at some point. I don't think he's just going to turn into a pumpkin overnight. He might not be as good as he was last year, but he'll, he can provide something for the team, I think. They don't really have any good lefty bats on the team right now. Let's uh, look ahead at what the Jays have coming up, and it is a run-in with the Houston Astros, who if it wasn't for a Jose Altuve home run late in their third game against the Yankees, they would have been swept against the Yankees. And uh, so far this year, batting average-wise, the Astros are fourth in the majors. OPS-wise, they are seventh in the majors. Uh, they're six and four in their last 10. What what are you looking for in this matchup here between the Jays and Astros? You, you liking Toronto's chances? Any, you know, cliche keys to victory you can give us? No, I think this is a pretty, like, even matchup. Houston now, I think, is 16-15 on the season. They pitch quite well. Their lineup isn't as potent as it was, you know, four years ago, but it's still a strong lineup. I mean, they they have quite a good quite a good starting rotation. I don't think their bullpen's all that good, but I mean, if the Jays went in and won two of three games, that'd be great. I'd yeah. be happy with that. If they only won one, I wouldn't be devastated. I'd be like, okay, that makes some sense. You're going in and facing a good team. I mean, I think I think two of three is the goal here, reasonably. Fair enough. Uh, it'll be 8-10 Eastern Friday, 7-10 Eastern Saturday, and 2-10 Eastern on Sundays. They go to take on the trash can banging Houston Astros, who are apparently <laughs> uh, who are upset that other fan bases are being too mean to them. Why? What do you expect? What do you want? Well, yeah, that too. Like, what, what do you expect? Also, I mean, we got the only innocent one, George Springer. Everyone else yeah. in that organization is tainted, so... Yeah, that's right. Every single one of them, except for George Springer. Speaking of that, now that Alex Cora's back in Boston, the Red Sox are winning games. What are they doing? What 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 cheating has Alex Cora figured out for them? The baseball the baseball world has to send their inside agent Mike Fires in to to really figure <sighs> yeah. things out. Yeah. Can you imagine he, a scenario where like the Red Sox acquire fires and he's in there? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That, that's something that would be. And then he, yeah. And then he, he whistle blows on them again too. That's his yeah. whole gig. Cause he just follows around Alex Cora for his entire managerial career and busts him. That'd be a great gig. <laughs> I think we're in agreement on this series coming up against the Astros. Two out of three would be amazing, but we're not going to sit here for our next podcast on Sunday or Monday morning and, and get upset if they drop two out of three, like right now, you got three against Atlanta. You split against the A's. Whatever happens, as long as it's not a sweep against Houston, we're probably pretty happy about it, right? Yeah, we're okay. We'll live with it. I'm not going to have a meltdown here if they go one and two against the Astros. I'll be quite quite, quite happy if they do two or three. It's fine. Perfect. There we go. We are on the same page here. Shout out to everyone for listening. If you have a second, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, leave us a review. Leave us five stars. Give us all that good stuff, all the cliche podcast stuff. I'm supposed to tell you about as a host, please do that for us. Cause it really yes. does help out. Uh, thanks for tuning into blue Jays nation radio. Coomzy, you enjoy the weekend, my man, you enjoyed these games against the Astros. I will do exactly that. Thanks talk to you on Sunday. Yes. Talk to you on Sunday. Episode 10 of blue Jays nation radio is over. Best wishes. 
Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.